Welcome to Corizant Technologies, home of the Digital Executive Podcast. Welcome to the Digital Executive. Today's guest is Dan Roberts. Dan Roberts is the CEO and president of Ouellette Associates Consulting and leads the firm known since 1984 for developing the human side of technology. His team has helped more than 3,500 IT organizations build a world-class culture, a high-performing workforce, and a differentiated talent brand. Dan has authored and is a contributing author of numerous books. His latest, Unleashing the Power of IT and Confessions of a Successful CIO, were on Amazon's list of top-rated books for months and are being leveraged by IT leadership teams as a model for moving IT up the maturity curve. Well, good afternoon, Dan. Welcome to the show. Outstanding. Good to be with you, Brian. Awesome. Dan, I appreciate you uh, jumping on a call, uh, being out from the East Coast. This is exciting. I think, say, the most exciting part of the day is jumping on a podcast because I actually get to listen into somebody's unique story that I get to turn around and share with the world. So this is awesome. So, Dan, let's jump right into the questions. You've got quite the background as a successful author, speaking around the globe, running a top leadership development company. Could you share with our audience what drives you and what has really contributed to your success? Yeah, absolutely, Brian. And again, thanks for having me. Thanks for creating this platform. I think you're doing a great thing for our community. So appreciate it. So to answer your question, you know, what kind of, what drives me? I would say, kind of like you, Brian, I mean, I just, I absolutely love what I do. You know, wake up at four in the morning and jump into it is not work for me. I love the diversity, the broad range of the things that I get to do every day. So it keeps it really interesting. I'd say the other thing that kind of what drives me is uh, the whole idea of challenging myself to be uncomfortable to do new things. Probably six, seven years ago, I was never in the speaking domain and I love people. I love being in meetings and around people, but the speaking thing was not my passion. And I had someone who forced me into it. And so now I, I literally am speaking every day to audiences around the world, big stages and so forth. And that's all to say, you know, I think that whole love of being uncomfortable and embracing that, you know, speaking, doing podcasts like we're doing today, writing books was not on my radar years ago. Anyways, I think that's probably what uh, those drivers would be, Brian. Awesome. Thank you for sharing that. You know, that's interesting. People uh, are kind of forced sometimes or recommended to do something. And I appreciate you've got outside your comfort zone to, to start speaking. And I think that's amazing. So Dan, as you know, everybody globally has had to make major shifts to adapt to this new normal, this pandemic. Could you share with us what you're doing to help your organization stay relevant in this economy? You know, that's a, an interesting question to me, Brian, the whole idea of relevant, relevance, value, because I think companies, departments, teams, and individuals, I think, have to really challenge themselves today because things are changing so dramatically. I was with Lydia Fonseca recently, the chief digital officer for Pfizer, and she had this amazing quote. I was interviewing her for my next book, and she said, today, if you feel like you're in control, you're going too slow. And that just really struck me, Brian, in terms of the world we live in, mm -hmm. all the disruption that's going on. And this year, more than ever, you know, have we been disrupted, right? So our revenue as a company back in March, within 72 hours, we went to zero. I mean, we literally went from this growing, thriving, we were just killing it, right? And then all of a sudden in March, that goes to zero because we were very much focused on being with organizations in person, delivering these leadership development, these talent development workshops and so forth. You know, I sat with my team. I said, hey, you know, we're going into this. We're in, we're in a good position financially, but I need to challenge you. I, I want us to reimagine everything. I want us to reimagine everything that we do. And I want to be able to deliver a virtual experience for our clients that is so good, so great that when executives have a choice again someday, and they will, to go back to in-person versus what we call virtual instructor-led training, I want it to be a very difficult decision. So 
wanted to answer your question, but to stay relevant, we had to rethink everything we do, Brian, everything we deliver, the experience. Now we're having a blast. I mean, we've done it. We've done the heavy lifting. We're back. We're cranking again. We're growing. Yeah, it's been an interesting process. Uh, I would not want to go through it again, to be completely honest with you. We've learned, we've grown, and we've definitely found that relevance again. Awesome. I appreciate the story around how you shifted. We've got a lot of people that I've spoken to had to do very similar things and it's hard. You go from 90 mile an hour to zero, really that's financially. And so I appreciate the share on that. Thank you. So Dan, I've known you and your company for quite a long time, many years. I've always appreciated your tagline that states developing the human side of technology. Can you tell us about that a little bit? It's an interesting point because developing the human side of technology just seems like kind of commonplace today. You know, it resonates with people. In 1984 is when we coined that term. We're literally decades ahead of the curve, right, in terms of the industry, just now really catching up to that notion. We were looking ahead. We were anticipating how technology was going to become more about people. You know, back then it was behind the glass wall, right? It was very mysterious. It was, you know, hey, user, you'll get what you get when we give it to you, right, over time time, things that you've evolved. But, you know, today, you know, we have a notion. In fact, it's the first line of my book, Unleashing the Power of IT. It says, there's never been a better time to be a technology professional. And I think that's really important today. You know, what we see today is IT is leaning more into the human side, leaning more into human capital. And, and you're starting to see human capital or HR now leaning more into technology. So you're seeing this great merge, this integration of people and technology. And, you know, we feel very blessed, very fortunate to be sitting where we are today. Maybe some lucky breaks, you know, in terms of anticipating and predicting these things. It really is a great time to be in the technology field if, and I guess, but it does take a new mindset today. It takes a new skill set, a new tool set. You know, our research shows, Brian, success today is not about your technology acumen. That's just like air. It's like breathing, but it's all these other things, right? That ability to communicate, to tell a story, to be able to influence a decision, to be able to create a narrative, to be more innovative, to be more agile. That's what really differentiates people today and from our research. Very interesting. I appreciate you sharing that. So I know your company is known for delivering what you call future ready leaders, Dan. Can you talk some more about the state of leadership today? We've really tested leadership in the last few years with industry disruption now shrinking less than three years. So the time it takes to disrupt an entire industry is shrinking. And you see the stories. We know the stories. We know the blockbuster Netflix stories. We know what disruption looks like. And this year, COVID, we shut down our economy and talk about disruption. So we've we put a spotlight on leadership and we've seen great leaders arise. We've seen people shrink and shrivel and get under their desk. And, and so it really matters in the state of leadership leadership today, it's a mixed bag, Brian, really. We really look back at that and say, well, how do we get here? And 20, 30 years ago, our companies used to really pour into leaders. We would really prepare people, put them into stretch assignments, rotations. They were getting training all the time, formal mentoring and things like that. We're not doing a good job with that anymore. In fact, Zinger Folkman came out with this many year long study and they found that the average age, get this, Brian, the average age of a first time supervisor is 27. Okay, so just hold that thought for a second. Further study, they found that the average age of somebody getting their first leadership development, their first formal leadership development training, 46. 27, 46, 19-year gap. What could go wrong, Brian, right? And so, yeah, everything. And, 
Yeah, everything. And and so the other data point, CCL, the Center for Creative Leadership, has this term, they call it accidental leadership, the biggest group of leaders today. And I hope everyone's really listening to this because this is not me, this is somebody else. Accidental leaders is the biggest group of leaders today. And 60, 60% have never had a single day of leadership development. So we're putting people in these roles we're tapping on the shoulder and say, go get them. You are our best technologist, so now we're going to make you a manager, whatever it might be. So the state of leadership is such that we're looking at our leadership pipelines and we don't like what we see. The numbers are deplorable. If you talk to the C-suite, I think it's less than 10% are happy with the pipeline they've got out there. You know, that's why we're having so much fun in terms of this leadership development stuff that we're doing, Brian, around the world to really prepare future-ready, next-gen leaders to be more successful. Thanks for sharing those stats. I think that's really important. I know our readers are definitely going to hone in on this. You know, that's quite an eye-opener when it comes to some of those stats. So thanks again for sharing, Dan. I want to follow up to that question. How are you alleviating some of the heartburn and pain points that people have around this leadership issue? Yeah, I mean, as we just talked about, it's a big deal, right? So how do we close that gap? How do we give people that ability to be equipped to lead? Because leadership is a force multiplier. It's it's important because a single better leader makes their team better, makes their organization better, their company better. Better leaders are make their families better, their churches, their communities. So this stuff matters. And, you know, we were very fortunate, Brian, a few years ago, a group of CIOs, chief information officers in Pittsburgh came to us and said, listen, Pittsburgh is a growing, thriving technology center. And we want to keep this momentum going. And if we don't build a stronger pipeline of leaders for our companies, but also for our region, we're going to start to choke off this growth that we're having. So we actually, with them in partnership, we designed a program called TechLX or the Technology Leadership Experience. And it includes things like leadership assessments, leadership development and workshops. It brings in mentoring. We have amazing a mentoring program where CIOs contribute their time to mentor people people going through this year-long, now virtual program. So we do all these things to help really build that muscle to cultivate that next generation of leaders. And so we're partnering now with a lot of organizations around the world. We're running this program called TechLX in Australia, across North America. And then a really cool thing happened is we've been collaborating with this individual called uh, Cindy Olson. And Cindy has a great story. And I think you might be able to share that at some point. Executive Strategic Alliance is her company. And she works with about 650 CHROs around the country. And we're finding that they've got a huge appetite for developing the future leaders of HR. We've actually rolled out a program called HRLX, the HR Leadership Experience. And what we're finding from the CHROs is that the Cobbers kids don't have shoes, right? They spend so much time investing and pouring into their all the groups that they serve, their business partners, and they're not developing their own people. So similar to what TechLX does for developing future ready technology leaders, HRLX is doing the same thing to prepare HR leaders for the challenges that are facing them. So yeah, thanks for asking that question, Brian. Awesome. Thanks for sharing. And I really appreciate that, Dan. So Dan, big question here. I know you mentor a lot of people ranging from C-suite executives to 18-year-olds who are just thinking about their careers. Can you share something from your career experience that might be helpful for those looking to grow their career? 
Yeah, absolutely, Brian. And I'm really glad you're mentioning this and focusing on mentoring. And, you know, we really have an opportunity, I think, in our careers and our journeys as leaders to be mentoring, right, to pour into other people. And people don't realize unless they do it. But I often find and mentors often say, gosh, I feel guilty because I feel like I'm getting more out of it than my mentee. Now, of course, that's not the case, right? It's really a win-win for both parties. But when I'm talking with folks, you know, whether it be a, a CI, chief information officer, whether it be a, mentoring this this young man down in North Carolina, 17, just turned 18, and this kid is going to kill it. He's going to just kill it in the world. I guess the things that I like to talk about, like when I'm speaking with him is, you know, find that intersection, find that place where you're working on your passion. You're working in a space that has demand, right? There's a market, right? There's, there's a demand for what you do. And find that thing that you're good at, that specialization. And when you find those three things and you find that intersection, right, that in that sweet spot, you will thrive. You will add value to your earlier question. You'll be relevant. And today it's a moving target, right? Because the half-life of a skill is now 18 months, Brian. What I learned now is going to be pretty irrelevant in a few years. So what I'm good at now is going to be changing. So I've got to continue to up my game, continue to be an active learner. Alvin Toffler, the, the great futurist, has this quote that says the illiterate of the 21st century is not going to be those who can't read and write. The illiterate of the 21st century are going to be those who who don't know how to learn, unlearn, and relearn. So think about that. I think that's a really, really big point and something that we need to talk to people about in terms of be curious, ask questions, ask different questions, learn, learn from every, all different aspects. I think those are things I would focus on, Brian, as I mentor people and And again, we have a great opportunity to pour into people and we will benefit from that as well. Dan, thank you for sharing. I really appreciate that. That's some really good insights today on really the human capital side of technology. So thank you. And Dan, it was a pleasure having you on today. I look forward to speaking with you real soon. Brian, thanks so much. Again, I appreciate the platform you've built and how you're helping so many people. Really enjoyed being with you today. Bye for now.